Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. My name is Jeremy. Uh, I've been a part of this church for 15 of those 30 years. Can you believe that? I'm a half-timer here. A half-timer. It's so good to see everyone in, in this room. Why don't you check your smile, make sure it's working. Ask your neighbor, make sure it's working. Is it working? Some, I like, some people when I ask, some people smile and then other people are like. <laughs> it's just great. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I've been a part of the church here for 15 years. My family, my, actually, my beautiful daughter, Jaden, who hates getting the attention drawn to her, but she is, my, she is our church marker. We came, my wife Jennifer, who's sitting right here in the second row, yeah, my daughter pointed to her, she was very pregnant with Jaden the day before we came to church, and then the next day we had Jaden, and so it's, it's, she's, anytime I have to remember a date, that's how I remember it. Okay, let's, let's move on. I've got four kids, though, that's what I was going to say. I have four kids and a beautiful wife, if you don't know me. Some of you know me very well, others, this might be your first time, so welcome. It's so good to have you with us. So this is not the Bible, and we're not treating it as the Bible, but is a book that we've been on this series, Live No Lies, and it's by John Mark Comer. Do we still have books available out there? Yes, we do, says Paula Patuskin. Thank you, Paula. If you want to purchase one of these books, feel free. I purchase the audio version because I learn best by hearing. When I read, I just go cross-eyed. It doesn't work very well, and I never remember it. So we're going to be using a little bit of this today. Um, Pastor Mike and Monica have been talking about this series as well. And really, the goal of this book is to help encourage us in our walk with Christ and following Jesus, and it helps live no lies, recognize and resist the three enemies that sabotage your peace. Do you feel like your peace has maybe been sabotaged just a little bit over the last week, month, half a year? year, two years, maybe your entire life you've been living with anxiety. And I don't even say that as a joke. Like, maybe you just feel like you've been stuck and just, I've got this weight on me that's so heavy. You feel like Pastor Mike's chest right now. Because it's... (laughs) Oh. Okay. So, the three ways that sabotage your peace. Pastor Mike talked about the devil. Pastor Monica talked about the world. And I'm here to talk about the flesh. It's merely a flesh wound. The flesh. If you don't know some of these things, you'll get to know me better if you don't. I just say things. I try to rein myself in. Every so often, I can't. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Okay, here, this is what I'm going to do. Before we start, I felt very clearly um, within the last week as I was preparing, I felt God tell me before we talk about the flesh and the devil and the world and how that's all working to sabotage our peace, I felt very strongly to remind myself, I felt like God reminded me and he said, let's remind God's people as well, why are we on this planet? Why are we here? Why do we even come to this building? We don't come here for applause. We don't come here uh, to check to check off something on our list. We don't just do it as a religious obligation or a duty. Um, there's an invitation that God has for every single person. Do you know what that invitation is? Greater than anything in this world, this invitation is that you would know God. God has an invitation, and he says, before you do anything for me or in my name, I want to know you. So the reason 
whether you believe it or not, the reason God has you sitting in this seat today or listening online is because God wants to get to know you better and he wants you to get to know him better. He obviously knows you perfectly inside and out. I pulled a hair off the head the other day and I looked at it. Well, it was actually yesterday while I was preparing. I looked at that hair. I thought, God actually knows what number this is. He counts the number of hairs. He knows the number of hairs on my head. I'm going to try to trick him sometimes, but it won't work. Check this out. This is Matthew 7, 21 to 23. This says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, if he's saying that, I want to pay attention. What is he about to say? But only the one who does the will of my father. Okay, so what's the will of the Father? Uh, so, but the only, only one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? That sounds like some pretty solid Christian work there, don't you think? Then he'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's hardcore. That's super intense. Every time I read that, I'm like, whoa, that's Judas right there. Judas was out. He got released, and he drove out demons. He performed miracles, and what happens? Away from me. I never knew you. And so the invitation that I have for every single person in this room is that would you open your heart to knowing God more today? That's the invitation, and that's what I feel God. Like, it's not about anything else other than knowing God, because if you know God, the rest of life just begins to flow through the knowing God. And then, because the, some of you want a to-do list. You're like, Jesus, I think you're cool, but if you stay over there, that's great. Give me a to-do list and I'll get to work. And that's not what this is about. It's like, no, I want to get to know you. And by the knowing, okay, I think you guys get the idea. So let's pray. Father God, we just say thank you to you. God, we say thank you that even in this moment, God, you are, you are bringing your peace into this room, God. And more importantly, God, you're bringing peace into the hearts of everyone who hears my voice. And God, we know that your peace is a real thing, and we want to follow you. We want to know you. We want to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's get started here. Are you ready, church? The flesh. What do I mean when I say the flesh, and what, what is John Mark Comer even as well talking about when he's talking about the flesh, the world, the devil? Well, um, the flesh... Let me just actually get to my notes here. That's a good idea to look at. From a biblical perspective, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's that which is contrary to the Spirit. And Galatians, and ultimately it's our sinful nature. In Galatians 5.17, it says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. So they're at odds, okay? Uh, for, those, uh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The flesh is everything the spirit isn't. It's everything the spirit isn't. It's selfish, it's prideful, it's arrogant, it's lustful, it's just, it's full of, of discord and jealousy and it's, it's messy, it's gross. That's what the flesh is. Yeah, John Mark Comer actually refers to the flesh as disordered desires. I know we've talked a little bit about this, but you have, you have a desire, but it's, it's actually twisted around. It's out of order. It's not the way it should be. God has a way things should be, but we take, when we follow our flesh, we actually follow a disordered desire, a twisted version of a truth. 
And so that's what we're talking, talking about today. Now, I think all of us, well, we all can relate to it because not one of you was born into this world with a halo around your head. Even if your mother's told you you did or your grandma pinched your cheek and said, you're a little angel. It's not true, actually. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Oh, my goodness. So, um, you know, this, this is, with these disordered desires, um, you know, it's, it's where pleasure and self almost have a marriage. You take pleasure and you marry it with self and it's like, what can I do for myself that feels good? We've all heard that statement. If it feels good, do it. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. So it feels good for me to punch you in the face. Is that good? I don't know. Okay, check this out. This is actually, I, I found this uh, really interesting. If I can actually get to my notes. Uh, this is just talking about like the difference between pleasure and happiness. Uh, the wise recognize that pleasure is not the same thing as happiness. Pleasure is about dopamine. Happiness is about serotonin. Pleasure is about the next hit to feel good in the moment. Happiness is about contentment over the long haul. A sense that my life is rich and satisfying as it is. Pleasure is about want. Happiness is about freedom from want. Moth, 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 most ethic, ethicists, there we go, I said it, define happiness as a kind of contentment, a soul-level satisfaction where you are grateful for what is rather than grasping for more, which means happiness comes as a result of disciplined desire. In every area of life, from sex to diet to money, happiness or the good life is what happens after you discipline your desires. You have to curb some of your wants to cultivate others. So are you getting a picture of what, what's happening? You've got pleasure, married with self. If you leave that to itself, that's called the flesh, and it just goes wild and crazy, and it doesn't work out too well uh, in the long run. Um, we, also, we also look here in Romans uh, 12.2, and there's two ways to be human, literally two. There's no other, there's, you can't fit into, there's not a third way. The world might want to tell you there's a third way. There are only two. Do not, it says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Okay, so there's a pattern to this world that we can conform to. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So these two categories are those that are conformed to this world which is living by the flesh, or the, the other category is being transformed, and talks in other verses as being transformed into the likeness of God through Christ, by, through the Spirit, by what Christ has done, and we can actually live by the Spirit. So there's living by the flesh, there's living by the Spirit. Um, but each person is born into category number one. No one, like I said, gets that halo and just gets to bypass. Jesus was the only one. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So you were dead, trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Okay, so there was a course we followed. According to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who is now the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all say we all. Yeah, we all, that means every one of us, there's not one excluded. We all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. 
and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. So all of us started in category number one. You know, all you have to do is just look at a two-year-old. <laughs> you don't have to say anything more. That's it. You don't have to teach them how to say no. You don't have to teach them how to say mine. You don't have to teach them how to claw some other kid right in the face with their sharp nails. They just do it. You don't have to instruct them how to poop their neck. Have you ever seen a child poop so bad it's at their neck? Yeah. That's horrible. That's evil. Like how much PSI is built up in a little human that they poop their neck? That's out of control. <laughs> That's funny, I think. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got, the statement, poop your neck, is a funny statement, too. Okay, let's keep moving here. Let's keep moving. The point is all of us were living by the lusts and desires of our flesh, and some of us still do. And we all do to a sense and to a degree. We still entertain and live not maybe fully as a Christian, but we, we dabble in. We're like, oh, this is going to feel real good to do this. Oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be satisfying. I'm just going to follow this desire of the flesh. Um, but we're all born into sin and the flesh nature. We were all, the, it said in that previous verse, um, we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. We were all dead and living by the course of this world. So ultimately, the devil's plan is to keep uh, is to use the desires and pleasures of this world to keep us far from God and living for ourselves. Does that make sense? That's what the devil's plan is. He, he comes up with maybe a few like ways to communicate it, but he's always just trying to deceive us a little bit. Oh, this will feel good. This isn't a, that's not really a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. But ultimately, by do, living by the flesh, we end up making self our God. And here's the thing that the devil knows about humans. And this is in the book. This was a statement that rocked me. Um, our, our strongest desires are not actually our deepest desires. So the desires that we feel the most in our minds, in our hearts, in our bodies, where it's like, I want to do that. I really, really, really want to do that. Those are strong desires, but they aren't the deepest desires that we have Ultimately, we know the repercussions of choosing sin and living by the flesh. It doesn't feel good in the long term, does it? We wake up in the morning, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why, 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 why? Ultimately, we have that desire deep down inside, and God's put it there to, to be good people. We have that desire to be loving. Even as a father, it's like, I'm like, I am going to be loving to my kids, and then I'm not loving to my kids. And you're like, I don't want to do that. But I just did it. But that desire is deep, that, that deeper desire to know God and to live an ordered life in the way he created us to live, that's put inside of us. And so, our, you know, our strongest desires are not actually our deepest desires. You know, for me, I'm still a teenage boy when it comes to I think most guys are just, they just stay a teenage boy. They just get older and start to get gray hair and feel sore. But 
And let me tell you, we were not, we were feeling good on the men's night here. We were playing some awesome games in here, and it was great. I was talking with somebody else who has an acreage. They said, we're doing a slip and slide next. They're like, come on, we're doing slip and slide. We're going to do like a big bonfire and a bunch. So we're planning the next guys thing already. Well, I am. I haven't talked to anyone about it yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> but this is, this, okay, check this out. This is what I want to do. If I follow my desires, I love beer. I want to drink beer every single night and a lot of it. I'm just being honest. I want to. I want to have McDonald's. Some people think it's gross. I think it's so good. You just have a window. You have a window where you have to eat it within like a maximum 15 minutes. But like it's usually like that two to three minute mark. Like you can't go past that or else it's like gross. You got to eat it while it's hot because it's not real food. We all know that. And I, I love salt and vinegar, Miss Vicky's chicks, chips, and peanut M&Ms. Like, just give me the Costco-sized bag and just let me go. My wife thinks I'm disgusting. Like, how do you even function still? I don't do that, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do eat that way. And do you know what? I want new vehicles all the time. I want a new vehicle. I want new clothes. I want a new house. I want new things. I want that. Those are my desires. But if I live that way, I will be living a shallow, empty life, not appreciating what I have, and I'm living in the flesh, not by the Spirit. Our strongest desires ultimately are not our deepest desires. The devil knows this and therefore wants to keep us solely focused on ourselves. And he gets us to believe lies. So here's some ways that you... Here, I'm going to say some catchphrases here that are very popular right now. And uh, this, is how the, this is how the devil works. The heart wa- wants what it wants, right? Follow your heart. Like, of course, that is wisdom right there. Just follow your heart. You do you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That works well till someone doesn't do something to you or does do something to you that you didn't appreciate. And they're like, well, I'm just doing me. Yeah, but I didn't like it. Breaks down pretty quickly. Just do it. Speak your truth. How about that one? Speak your truth. And of course, be true to yourself. These are all lies and slogans that are actually very popular in our culture right now that are all absolute garbage lies. I'm just being honest. That's what they are. If you're following your heart, (laughs) stop it, Melissa. My sister-in-law, okay. But they are. If you follow your heart, your heart is deceitful. The fleshly heart of an individual apart from God is broken and corrupt and is out for itself only. Uh, There is such danger in our society when we follow the flesh. And in fact, right now, um, I think John Mark Comer actually paints a pretty good picture of what's going on in our our society right now. I'd love for you just to listen to this. It says, uh, when, uh, so when, we give, uh, when society is given over to the flesh and just saying, you do you, speak your truth, and just follow your heart, theology becomes therapy. Uh, the biblical interest in righteousness is replaced by a search for happiness. Holiness is by wholeness. Truth by feeling. Ethics by feeling good about oneself. The world shrinks to the range of personal circumstances. The community of faith shrinks to a circle of personal friends. The past recedes, the church recedes, the world recedes. All that remains is self. Self is the new God, the new spiritual authority, the new morality. But this puts a crushing weight on the self. 
One, it was never designed to bear. It must discover itself, become itself, stay true to itself, justify itself, make itself happy, perform, and defend its fragile identity. The pressure is exhausting. Don't you feel like that defines our society right now? And um, the only true person that actually knows our real identity, it's not us. We don't know it. It's God. God has created us, and he has actually spoken our true identity over us through the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Scriptures. And that's where we actually get to determine who we are. We don't get to make up our own version of humanity. It's not like the God of self doesn't work that way. And so ultimately, you know, we don't want to be conformed to this world. Ultimately, we want to be transformed into the likeness that God has for us. So how do we do that? Well, earlier in Romans 12 too, we taught, it said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you actually have to start to get this thing engaged. You don't follow every Instagram, blind, Instagram post blindly that you see or every new doctrine or theology that comes, comes out that says, oh, let's, this, this might work. This could be a good idea. It's like, no, you engage your mind and we allow our minds to, to be brought back to a standard. Standards are there so that you have a ground zero point, so that you can get back, you can build on something. And so you get back to the standard, which is the Bible and what God says about who you are. And so check this. I love this. This scripture is awesome. This is Galatians 5, 13, and then 16 to 17. For you have been called to live in freedom. Well, I like that. My brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. This verse seems to hit home a little bit more after I've been talking about what we've been talking about. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Man, this is so clear. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Yes, it does. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite uh, um, that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Man, I love the Bible. Isn't it so good? It's so clear. It's right there in front of us. Okay, let's not satisfy the desires of the sinful nature, but instead let's begin to serve one another in love and allow the Spirit to guide our lives. Man, that is actually pretty simple to understand. You don't captain your own ship. You let the Spirit of God guide you. Okay, well, if you're going to let someone guide you, you don't say, turn left, turn right, stop here, go up there. You're like, where to next? I do real estate, and when I'm driving clients around, sometimes uh, they'll be directing me. Usually I know where we're going, but every so often we're going to go to a destination that they say, oh, just follow my lead. So as we're going, I'm not just like, oh, I'm just going to turn here and there. So as we're coming up to an intersection well before, am I going to go through this light or am I not? Am I going to turn right? Am I going to turn left? What do I do? That's the posture that we need to take as Christians when it comes to following God. We don't say, I got this Jesus and I'll call on your name if I need you. But I got the wheel right now, not you. So, so we simply need to allow room for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, so, so how do we do that? We do that by disciplining our desires we discipline our desires. I don't drink beer every single night. I actually don't even keep it in the house because I want to drink it every single night. I just do it on occasions because then it's a real nice treat. Okay. 
We do this by disciplining our desires and submitting them to God. Some, uh, and some of the ways that we do that is through prayer. Okay, we do that through prayer. It's a discipline that we work through. I don't want to pray all the time. I don't think any person wants to pray all the time. It's like, I would rather sleep at this moment or just watch the Oilers lose terribly. My goodness. You can pray for me after. Uh, other, ways, uh, other ways that we actually discipline our desires, we worship. And that's not just through song. That's through our lives. But, but we worship God. We, we, we serve others another way. We give generously. Okay? We fast. And fasting is fasting food. You actually put a pause on that, that physical desire to consume, and then you actually say, well, God, what do you want to say to me? I'm, I'm pushing this desire to the side so that I can hear more intently what you, want me to, what, what, what you want to do. And then we abstain from things as well. We deny ourselves our desires so that we make room for the Holy Spirit to fill us with his desires. This is not, I'm not a very smart individual. This is not super like high-end theology. This is just like you stop these desires by discipline and then you create room and space for God to speak to you and fill you with his desires. That sounds pretty straightforward. Uh, I love Pastor Craig Rochelle and he, sa- he said, he said this for years, but ultimately he said, uh, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. I like that. I like simple. What you feed grows. When I begin to feed Miss Vicky's every night and peanut M&M's, it grows. When you begin to starve it, that area dies in Jesus' name. So, so, so you know, when we fast, we don't fast to get God's attention. God, would you listen to me? We fast to give God our attention. We don't pray and worship to get from God. We pray and worship to commune with him, to bring worth to him, worthship. Worthy is the God, our God. And to hear from, from his heart. We don't serve to be noticed, and, uh, but we serve so that he will, uh, he will be noticed and get the glory. You've probably heard the verse before, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds... And what? Glorify the Father in heaven. So they're seeing your good deeds, but you're getting none of the glory. It just goes right through you so that they can glorify God in heaven. You know, that's why we serve. We don't abstain from sex before marriage or getting drunk or gossip or whatever else uh, just, to, just because it's some Christian thing to do. We don't just do that. We do it uh, because we believe and trust that God is loving and his best interest um, and has his best interest in mind, which in turn is our best interest. That's why we abstain from things, because we believe that his plan is actually better than our plan. And so that's why we choose not to do certain things so that we can allow God to bring his order and create his desires in us ordered desires, not disordered desires. The denying of self has always been and always will be the call of God on everyone's life. The denying of self. The Bible says, you know, we're meant to die to ourselves daily and take up our cross and follow him. Once again, this is not simple. It's hard to do, but it's not, it's very easy to understand. 
And so my hope today is that you be, you, you'll be encouraged and drawn a little bit closer, that any person can practice this with any IQ. And actually God has said he took the wise things of this world or the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so it's simple. It's simple. We can do this. You can do this. Every age group in this room, you can do this. I love Ephesians 4, to 24. You were taught with your former way of life to put off your old self. Okay, I can do that. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God's real intent for you is to be righteous and holy, but not on your own accord. You're meant to be righteous and holy because of what Jesus has done and the gift that he has given to you. I don't really have too much time left, but I do want to give one last encouragement before uh, we start here. And so I want to invite you, you don't have to, but from a focus perspective, I think it helps uh, to close your eyes. And as I was preparing for this as well, I just got a picture of a mountain. And so just even right now, picture a mountain. And Pastor Monica actually talked about altars before. And at the, the pinnacle, the summit, the peak of the mountain, there is an altar, and that's the altar of the Lord, where you would you'd go to bring your worship, to bring your sacrifice, to dedicate yourself. And I'm sure most of us have been up a mountain or on portions of mountains before. And when you set on this journey, the fact of the matter is there's all sorts, there's hundreds of thousands of altars on this mountain as well. And they're all vying for your attention. And right at the very start of the path, there's an altar right here, off to the left, one off to the right, calling you to worship at the altar, altar of self, the altar of pride, the altar of ego, the altar of accomplishment. And it would be so easy and is so easy on that journey to be able to stop and just say, you know what, I'm just going to worship here and put up camp here. And this, seemed, this is just a lot easier. But God is calling us to that summit, to ascend that mountain. And he's calling us to bring our worship to him. And I believe that God is even right now, and he's doing it in my heart, and I believe he's doing it in many hearts in this room, that he's calling us back to himself. He's calling us, he's calling you as an individual back to the altar of God, a place where you maybe had sacrificed and had given your life to him, but you've kind of just left that place. Today, you can go back there. And maybe you've never even really heard much about Jesus or this is the first time really hearing that you can actually have a relationship with him, let me encourage you, all are welcome. Every single person is welcome. So even right now in this moment, I want to encourage you to stand up and we are going to give an opportunity for every single person in this room to hand, to, to hand over their life again, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, hand over your life again to God and say, God, you are the object of my affection. You are the one that I want to follow. You are the one that I'm giving, my, uh, I'm giving up my own rights to choose how I live, and I'm actually submitting myself to your spirit so that you will guide me in this journey called life, God. 
And so we're in just a moment, we are going to pray together. And this is a prayer that I'm going to lead us in. We pray it every single week. And it's, and it's not just a bunch of lip service. This is a prayer that when you connect your heart to it and you connect your heart to God and say, God, this is my desire. This is my prayer. This, this is a moment where you can actually be born again, as the Bible says. That you can come to God and you were once dead, but now you are alive. You are made new. You are made right before God, not because of anything that you've done, but because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross and now has offered freely to you. And all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that uh, God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And then you begin to live a life in obedience to God. And so right now, um, with every head bowed and every eye closed, closed. If that's you, I want to invite you. You can pray that prayer out. We're all going to pray it together. But if that's you, you can pray it from your heart to God. So let's pray together and say, Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes to your plan for me. I surrender my mind, my will, my body, my emotions, my heart to you. I give myself to you. I ask for forgiveness of all, for all my sins, and I ask for you to make me brand new in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen. Come on, let's just begin to lift up the name of God right now. God, we praise you and we worship to you in Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.